Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Get Around Podcast for episode 168. My name is Jake Adnip, hanging out with Andrew Rosenthal and James Cook. We have great news from our friend James, who has had a bit of a uh, allergy problem over the last week. Then no COVID for our co-worker. So districts, we're going to be at full strength. It's perfect. Uh, you're feeling good, healthy. The family's good. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not falling over in bed, are you, James? No, feeling a lot better. Cena got tested and she's uh, negative as well. So we're uh, a okay, well. ready, ready to rock and roll for districts. I want. I mean, we're going to talk about the, the March Madness basketball tournament at the end of this episode because we have our own March Madness. Uh, in the polls to talk about with all of our districts for basketball that are happening this week. Uh, but we have an awesome, big, big show. So much stuff to talk about. We're going to go through all the districts. You're going to hear about all the matchups this week, all the marquee matchups, some of our favorite districts, and people that we think we will see making that district final run and into the regionals. We're going to chat about all the playoffs from last week with hockey and bowling and wrestling. We already have a bunch of district champs, even a regional champion uh, out of hockey. So make sure, and bowling. Uh, make sure that you stick around after our interview to hear about those. Our interview today, ladies and gentlemen, is an amazing one with the newly crowned national champion, Delaney Drake from the University of Wisconsin and obviously a native here to our northern Michigan area. That's going to be a really exciting conversation, so make sure you hang out to hear from Delaney about uh, you know what it's like playing on a women's college hockey team and basically they, the best one in the nation. Yeah, they just won the national championship for, what, two years in a row up there? Yeah, Wisconsin hockey is like the Duke of men's basketball. The Duke of men's basketball. Well, the Duke didn't make it into the tournament this year, and just about everybody, you know, who normally would. I mean, the the tournament has been wild this year. We're going to talk about that in our trifecta where we talk about the Big Ten and what the heck happened in the tournament. Michigan plays again tonight, but, you know, with them being a one seed, we're going to assume that they make it a little bit further than the rest of these teams. Well, Illinois. I'm just saying right now, I'm just going to assume <laughs> that they're going to make it a little bit farther than the rest of these teams. But we'll talk about that later. Before we get too deep, I always got to remind you, our episodes are sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies. That means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. I don't want to take too much time chatting up, guys. We have, what, probably like 40 games to go through uh, here in the districts. The way that this is stacked up in this shortened season, boys and girls districts are usually off by a week, right? Usually, mm-hmm. girls would have started a week earlier, or and off years, boys would have started a week earlier, but still, everything is at the exact same time. Our districts start here on Monday, and girls will start Monday, boys start Tuesday, and then it goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and we are loaded to the teeth. So, without any further ado, we're going to put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, get into the pulse, and break down all of our district matchups and run through some of our favorites to look out for the way we're going to do this we're going to go through the girls basketball schedule first we're going to run through each district and kind of give you the the lay of the land and how it's going to work this week we've had a few of our area teams back out because of covid reasons so we'll make sure to update you on that and then i'm going to have andrew tell us what is the most interesting district we have and who we think is a lock for a district title we're going to do the same thing on the boys side with james where we chat through all the districts and then he's going to give us the most exciting stuff to look out for. Let's go ahead, dive into this girls bracket first. We're going to start off at the top, all the way at Division One, and go ahead down to Division Four just to get started off with. We know that the the big Division One schools never really a host. They're at the geographic sites, but you got Traverse City West, Traverse City Central in that same district. They would be meeting in the district semifinal if they do play again. Central has to get through Alpena before that, and then Petoskey and Marquette are on the other side of that bracket. 
Petoskey has beat West two times this year, so that district isn't as locked as I think many people think so. Yeah, no, that Central-West game is what happened exactly last year. It's how Central made it up to Marquette for district final just before COVID canceled the rest of the season. I like West's chance this year, especially after their win over Cadillac. That was the first time Cadillac lost a game. Like, they've only lost between Glen Lake West over the last two seasons. So, we'll see how that happens. Yeah, going on to Division Two, the Kingsley host. You got Manistee at Kingsley in that first round along with Reed City and Benzie Central. That'll be happening tonight, so we're going to skip over those games. You got Cadillac waiting in that second round, and Ludington is the top two seeds. I'm sitting here, and I'm just going to toss this out there. I think Cadillac, this is the one district that I'm giving Cadillac a hand over fist. I think Cadillac is going to run away with a district title here. I know I'm not the one answering this question. Andrew will here in a little while. But let's go on to Division Three. That one is being hosted by Joburg. First game is Charlevoix at East Jordan. We know Charlevoix had some issues after losing a couple of their best players in Addie Nagel and Elise Stuck. Um, so they are in that first round game. Waiting them is Johannesburg-Lewiston, whoever wins that game. And we know Joburg has been a problem this year for a lot of teams on that girls' side. And then you have St. Ignace at Harbor Springs, which would then line us up for a district final there on Friday. We got McBain. Hosting another district with a Manton and Houghton late game tonight. Lake City is waiting in the next round for the winner of that game, while Ross Common and McBain are set up for a game on Wednesday. That's that Highland Conference. That's almost like a Highland Conference-like playoff, right? Or like a Highland Conference tournament, almost like a Big Ten tournament at the end of the season, right? And it didn't really even happen that way, as we heard in your COVID story, because there were so many teams in the Highland Conference that just couldn't field the team. And that's the same thing, right? So that now they all get to play each other in districts and kind of like see who actually would have been the conference championship. Yeah, it's sort of like a little mini conference tournament. Pretty sweet, pretty sweet. Out that way. <laughs> if if all these teams end up participating. Yeah, right. I mean, if if the season has said anything, we uh we could see one of these teams bow out rather quickly. I have seen a couple of those teams. I think McBain is going to come out of that district. Well, not, I'm not going to say easily, um, but you know, Lake City's a good team, Man's a good team, but McBain, um, I think McBain's going to be able to come out of there. This is a really good district here. At Mancelona, you get to open tonight. Mancelona against GT Academy. And then waiting in the second round is Elk Rapids for the winner of that game. Elk Rapids is still undefeated on the girls' side. Swept through the Lake Michigan Conference. Just finished up with another game against Charlotte this weekend. And then St. Francis and Glen Lake are on that Wednesday game. That Wednesday district semifinal. And then, obviously, going to be making for a Traverse City St. Francis, Glen Lake, and most likely Elk Rapids district final. That is an exciting district if I've ever seen one. I think you can pretty much pencil in Glen Lake versus Elk Rapids for the district final. Um, and if that is going to be the case, it's going to be one heck of a game. Both teams are experienced, big, and winning. So I, I would look forward to seeing that the most. Of course. And then we, we obviously we have a bunch of Division Four districts. McBain and MC is hosting one where they will be playing Pentwater in the second round and have a couple other West Michigan D-League teams sitting there. Um, waiting for them, but McBain NMC girls has been good all season long as well. Mesick's hosting with Manistee, Catholic Central, and Brethren, and then Bear Lake and Onekama playing tonight. Well, Mesick will await the winner of Manistee, Catholic Central, and Brethren, while Frankfurt will await the Bear Lake and Onekama winner. That's going to be an interesting district just because I feel like Frankfurt normally is going to be the favorite here, but they, uh, you know, they, they've had an up and down season on the girls' side. We go over to uh, the last two we got here. One more hosting at Bel Air. Lake Leonel St. Mary and Forest Area play tonight. Waiting them is Leland in the district semifinal. And on the other side of that is North Bay versus Bel Air. I mean, we know Bel Air was rolling through this last year. Um, uh-huh. we, we've had a friend of the podcast and Olivia Lowe there in Leland in the second round. And Lake Leonel St. Mary has not been a slouch this season. So that should be an interesting district. And our last one is hosted by Central Lake. Central Lake actually has bowed out of the playoffs on the girls' side. But Elba and Gaylord St. Mary will play Ellsworth in that district final 
depending on who wins that game on Wednesday. You know, Ellsworth was two wins away from being the Northern Lakes Conference Championship. They went up to Mackinac City to decide that. Mac City won. But we saw Ellsworth make it to a district title last year in boys. So you cannot count out this school in Division Four, guys. They are not bad. Uh, so, yeah, Andrew, uh, like I prefaced the beginning of this segment, what is your most interesting district uh, for girls this season? I'm going to go with that Bel Air district just because I like like Leona St. Mary. With, they're not a bad team in Forest Area. I've seen a couple of their players put up some solid games too. So I, I like all of the teams in this district, district. If I'm being honest with you, I think Bel Air is eventually, eventually going to come down to Bel Air versus Leland, which I, I'm not really sure who I can predict in that matchup because they've never really played each other yet and they have two different styles. I would like to see J.C. Summers versus, go up against Olivia Lowe. Just because, like, we always like to see two of probably the best basketball players in the region play each other. Bel Air was supposed to play Gillard St. Mary at TC Central for the regional championship. So, I bet I bet they're coming back hungry. Yeah, now, is there anybody you think is a district lock? What team are we going to be talking about next week as they ran through? And uh, you know they're going to have a district title come Friday or Saturday. I think it's Petoskey, just because you know, this Division One district pretty much every year is just a big North Conference plus Marquette. Except this year, Marquette hasn't really shown us much. They've won three games. And if you're Petoskey, all you would have to really get, you just have to beat Marquette to get into the final and then one of the Traverse City schools. If that's Central, cool. If that's West, cool. I think they can handle them because, well, they have. They beat both of them both times. James, is there anybody you want to chat about here in the girls' side? I think my dark horse would be Ellsworth. I think they're going to win that district, in part because they're getting a lot of help from COVID. Central Lake pulled out of that district, so they get a bye in the first round. And then in the second round, they're probably still going to get Gaylord St. Mary. But Gaylord St. Mary is without its three top guards because of a combination of injuries and contact tracing. So Gaylord St. Mary is missing its stars. This isn't um, the same Gaylord St. Mary team we've seen in years past either. You know, I think they went one. They split their series with Bel Air, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I just think this is Ellsworth's district to lose, given the consideration of uh, what else is going on in the district. Uh, so I, I like that. The Leland Bel Air matchup, I think, is potentially the best matchup that we can see in districts. Oh, there's no way. I think you guys are overlooking this Glen Lake Elk Rapids matchup. I mean, we're talking about two un- the, our two undefeated teams in the area are going to, the, the Northwest Conference champion, the Lake Michigan Conference champion, are about to face off in the district final. Awesome matchups on Friday. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, yeah. if, if, if I was circling one, that Mancelona district with uh, St. Francis, Glen Lake, Elk Rapids, that has to be my most interesting just because you get that matchup of Elk Rapids, Glen Lake. I mean, I don't think that, Glen, once again, Glen Lake just played Cadillac, or was going to play Cadillac here at the end of the season. They didn't get that test. I think it will be good if they plan on making a deep run for either one of these schools mm-hmm. to play against that undefeated team. Alrighty, let's go on over to the boys. James, uh, I know that there's a lot to talk about here. There's a couple really, really good districts for us to unpack here on the boys' side. Uh, starting back off at the Division One level, we have a full a full one here. You know, Alpina and TC West are facing off in the first round on Tuesday, along with Petoskey and Gaylord. Awaiting them in the second round, Traverse City Central will get the winner of either Gaylord or Petoskey. Obviously, if you get that TC Central-Petoskey matchup, you know that's going to be a really good game there in that district semifinal. And then Marquette uh, will be waiting TC West or Alpina. Central ran through the Big North Conference this year. Kind of surprising to me, but nonetheless, uh, I think they're rolling to the playoffs, so they have a good shot of taking home a district crown in Stephen Draper's first year, no? Yeah, I mean, this matchup was supposed to happen last year, Central versus Marquette in the UP. 
I, I you know, Cameron Carp with the shot at the buzzer to win the game last year in regulation, but I want to see Central's chance at taking down Marquette on the road. You know, last year they, they had their whole okay, let's win 17 games in a row thing, and I think this year they're it's about the same story with them. You know, it's a sm- shorter streak obviously because of COVID reasons, but. I just want to see it happen. So I'm going to pick the Trojans out of this district. Yeah, in Division Two at Boyne City. Boyne City got a, a first-round bye here. Sault so Ste. Marie just backed out. So Boyne City is going to be playing Sheboygan in that district semifinal on Thursday. And then Kingsley is going to be ho- playing either Kalkaska or Grayling. Um, we know Kalkaska and Grayling both have had pretty hard time this season. So whoever gets up against Kingsley in that game, I think Kingsley's going to have a, a pretty – Easy move there, but if you get a Boyne City and Kingsley district final, that's another really good game. Do not count out my man Dylan Craig. Yeah, Kingsley should be grayling, but that's what I'm saying. Boyne, Boyne City and Kingsley in a district final. I mean, Boyne City we know is a great team. You know what I'm saying? And I just I love this Lake Michigan and Northwest Conference like crossover clash. Like they they've been on both these sides. It looks good. Next up hosting is Cadillac. Reed City and Cadillac will be playing in the first round. Ludington got a first round bye from Manistee. So Ludington will hop in and play Benzie Central in that district semifinal while Big Rapids will be awaiting that Reed City Cadillac winner. Cadillac, once again, another team we thought was going to be a bit better than they are, but we'll see how they end up on a home district where they host and have that home court advantage. In a Division Three, Houghton Lake is hosting those Highland Conference foes with Ross Common and Houghton Lake taking each other on on Tuesday. Lake City and Music will also be happening on Tuesday for that district quarterfinal. McBain is waiting for Ross Kamen and Houghton Lake in that second round while Manton is waiting for Lake City or Music. I mean, we know McBain and Manton both only have a loss or two on the season. I know I talked to Ryan Hiller this past week and he's pretty excited about those guys and what they were able to do uh, with the full court press. So once again, another Highland, kind of a Highland Conference championship that wasn't able to happen happening here in the districts. All right, then here comes here comes a really really awesome district being hosted by TC St. Francis. It's yeah, kind no, of we will be at multiple games in this district. Yeah, it's kind of like that flip flop of that Mancelona district, but on the boys side, uh, you know GT Academy and Elk Rapids. Which it's crazy that Elk Rapids boys team has to play a first round district game. But if you look at who else is in this district, you got Mancelona, you know, with Jaden Alfred. You got Traverse City St. Francis with a Joey Donahue, Wyatt and Alcides. They've been doing well all year. And that's a first-round matchup. Yeah, well, that, that's a second-round matchup. <laughs> yeah, still. That's a second-round matchup. That, that's a district semifinal. But then you have Glen Lake awaiting that Elk Rapids GTA winner. We know that Elk Rapids is going to be GTA. Um, GTA hasn't won a game yet this year, and the Elks have only lost a couple. But Glen Lake, Elk Rapids in a district semifinal, and then Mancelona, Traverse City St. Francis. I mean, come on, James. Is is that your most interesting district? By five, hands down. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, is that... I, and I covered. I was at this district uh, last year when everything started breaking. You know, during the game when everybody started talking about COVID and COVID restrictions, and maybe they're going to restrict attendance tomorrow at games and all all this stuff. And then everything just started tumbling down. I, and and last year was a great district. I mean, and you had pretty much the same type of matchups. Yeah, but you had Glen Lake, Mancelona, and then Elk Rapids, St. Francis. But you had the same four teams playing in the semifinals and uh it was just an awesome night of basketball so you know we're looking forward to the those semifinals that night um like you said i think elk rapids will breeze through that first game and then uh that second night of manson against st francis and Glen lake against elk rapids is is going to be a great night of basketball that i think a lot of people will want to be able to get into that st francis gym to see yeah and now you guys bring up the past that was a district two years ago that in the course of three days, in three rounds, I saw, what, four buzzer beaters in that one district with, like, Elk Rapids, 
um, beating Glen Lake and then TC St. Francis. It, that was a crazy district. So um, definitely something to look out for. Definitely. Um, another one, we're going north where St. Ignace is hosting. East Jordan and Harbor Springs are in that first round game. will be awaited by Charlevoix in that second round. St. Ignace and Joburg are already slated in that district semifinal. I just saw Charlevoix take home the Lake Michigan Conference crown for the first time in a decade. I don't think they're going to be stopped by anybody in this district, not even close to it. I mean, Joburg might be able to do a threat, but they haven't been around very much this year, so I think Charlevoix is kind of in the swing of things here. Yeah, I think Charlevoix is definitely the favorite. I, I do like the Johannesburg-Lewison story recently, though. I mean, they, they finished the season with, I think they started two and four and then finished the season with six wins in a row. We've got uh, Sheldon Huff coming back and playing on ACL and leading that team to wins over Manorna and Gaylord St. Mary. So, I mean, just just that part of it, I mean, is, is just awesome. But, but yeah, I think Charlevoix has to be the... I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty... I mean, I think Charlevoix might actually be a dark horse for a, a Final Four run here in Division Three. I mean... If they get Evan Solomon back near 100% and them having a first-round bye... Is going to help that. Definitely. Definitely. I remember when I talked to uh, Matt Stuck on Saturday or on Friday last week, he's like, yeah, we got like five days to like, we can have like a rest day and then like two full contact practices and then like a walkthrough day and then have a game. He's like, oh my gosh. Uh, it's so crazy <laughs> to think about. Going on to Division 4. Like, Mace... like a normal year. Yeah, right. It's almost like it was a normal year <laughs> for the first time in a year. Uh, moving on to Division 4, Mason County Eastern is uh, hosting Walkerville and Marion on Tuesday and then they play Pentwater. Awaiting them is McBain NMC and Baldwin in the second round. McBain NMC is another one of those teams that has done very, very well this year on the boys' side, so I'm looking for them to come out of this rather easily. Onekama is hosting a Division Four district as well. Manistee CC and Buckley will be taking off in the first round and will be awaited by Frankfurt in that district semifinal. Onekama and Brethren are on the other side of that. That's going to be that'll be an interesting district. I think Frankfurt obviously has a really good shot of winning that with Jack Stefanski. I, I mean, think Frank Frankfurt should win that. Yeah, with Jack what, what they had. I mean, he's over those other people. He's just a, a mismatch in size. Yeah, that's my lock. I, I think I think that Frankfurt is the lock here, of of all these districts that we've talked about. You know, Frankfurt moving on from this one is. I mean, I think you can almost write it in. I think the team that can maybe give them a game is is Brethren if. Anthony Bakaria can guy as a behemoth if if he makes some real problems for them in the middle or something. But I, otherwise, I think that uh, Frankfurt just rolls through this district and uh, regionals. Yeah, I mean it'll have to be that that that'll most likely be a Brethren Frankfurt district final because Onekama hasn't won a game yet this season. No, so a solid team, but Frankfurt handled them both times they played in the regular season. Exactly, exactly. Got a couple more to chat about. Another one that is kind of spread out. We have Forest Area at Sutton's Bay on Tuesday. And then Lake Leonel St. Mary is awaiting the winner of that game for Thursday's game. And Leland and TC Christian play on Thursday. I think that's a really interesting district. We're talking about another one. I mean, you get two good teams in Leland and TC Christian. TC Christian hasn't done the greatest when they had to have been trying to punch above their weight class a little bit. But Leland's back at full strength, so you got to be very, very interested in that. We know Sutton's Bay has made some waves here. Um, just after, you know, COVID protocols here and there. And then like Leonel St. Mary, we had a couple of those guys on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, James. I mean, this has to be another one of those ones that almost every game is going to be a good game, right? Yeah, I think this it's it's a nice district. Uh, the last few years, this has just been one of those districts that's been really fun to watch. And, and Buckley was in this district a couple of years ago. So they just move into that Onekama district this season. So, I mean, you got a lot of teams that like to run the ball, like to push, like to score a lot. 
and these are just going to be some some high-paced, fantastic uh, scoring games. Last season, I was having trouble keeping up writing down who scored. <laughs> like, yeah, literally, no. I don't know that I've ever had that problem in basketball. You know, I was sitting there taking pictures, and like I was trying to keep up. Luckily, I could catch some of what the PA announcer was saying and stuff and everything, but, man, it was difficult. You know, if I'm not mistaken, Brock Broderick and uh, Sean Bramer are both, like, pretty high up there in the Rookery Eagle stat leaders, the thing that we were on every Sunday, right? Yep. Yeah, they might be the top. I, I don't think – I think Bramer fell out a little bit, but they're probably both still in the top five and top scorers. I mean, you talk. we've talked about Gavin Miller. He's regularly putting up 25, 30 points. Barnowski. Yeah, Barnowski too. That's, that's what I'm saying. they got a couple guys from uh, Lake, Lake Leonard, St. Mary, who are going to put those up. Phoenix Mulholland from Forest Area. He drops buckets. Uh, you know, there's there's people all over this district that's going to be fun to watch. Last one for us to go through is going to be hosted by Bel Air. Central Lake and Alba play in that first round along with Bel Air and Boyne Falls. Ellsworth is awaiting the winner of the Central Lake Alba matchup, and Gaylord St. Mary is awaiting the Bel Air and Boyne Falls matchup winner. Um, I'm pretty sure that Ellsworth and Gaylord St. Mary will just be meeting in the final here. The rest of these teams have, I think, a combined three wins um, on the season between the other four teams. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that have kind of struggled this season. <laughs> okay, so you said Frankfurt, your, your district locked. I would say the same if you look at all of these, uh, all of these districts here. I mean, it's 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 pretty tough for me to think that uh, anybody in that district is going to be Frankfurt. I if we're going to talk about another district final that I'm probably extremely excited to see, I actually would, would like to see that Ellsworth Gaylord St. Mary final. I was supposed to see Ellsworth play with uh, Mancelona, and then that game got canceled. Um, I would like to see how legit Ellsworth is with you know three or four of those guys who are just putting up crazy stats this season. Yeah, I think that is a, a good a good district final. To that would be good to see. It's a six o'clock too. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we have such a busy week ahead of basketball. The way like I said, this is stacked on top of each other like it normally would be. About a week offset, but we have district game after district game after district game after district game this week. So make sure you keep it locked on our Twitter. At TCRE Sports, at each one of our Twitters, because we're going to be out at games, covering games, doing live tweeting, all that good stuff, at Jake Adnip, at my Andrew Arn, at James Cook 14 We are going to go ahead and dive into, into our interview with former Leland Comet and Wisconsin women's hockey player and national champion, Delaney Drake. Let's go ahead and get a listen to that now. The Get Around Podcast is excited to welcome in Wisconsin Badger, former Leland Comet, and Northern Michigan native Delaney Drake. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, you guys. Really good to be here. Yeah, we're bringing in Delaney after a great weekend for her on the Wisconsin women's hockey team. They won the national championship and have been at the top of the game here for the last couple of years, so we're really excited to have Delaney on. Before we get into all that good stuff, we always dive into our Freaky Fast Five a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's to kind of get to know Delaney a little bit before we start talking all the serious stuff in hockey. And if there's one thing I have to know to get to know you is, what is your gun noise? My gun noise? Yep. Probably like a bang, bang. <laughs> We're more forceful than pew, pew. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah there's, it's like, that's like lasers. Step and there's like above. Bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> all right, James, I know you got something good. Who has stronger ankles, your mom or your dad? Definitely my mom. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> my dad rolls his ankles probably once a week. I'm pretty sure he's like in a walking boot right now. So, <laughs> Delaney, what's your favorite hockey movie? And bonus, if you have a hockey fo- favorite hockey movie scene. 
Oh, I got a good one. So I obviously Miracle is just like a classic and kind of Coach Johnson, you got to kind of support it. But so my dad grew up in Ralston, BC. And when they were filming the movie, they filmed it, or filmed it in Canada. And so it, there was like a huge snowstorm one night and they were kind of driving through town going to the next like set or whatever. And they stumbled upon like the perfect scene to film like the outdoor football, like the tackle football game. And that was actually filmed in my dad's backyard. So definitely that's kind of a fun fact and just kind of like a crazy, like random coincidence. But yeah, so I'd probably have to say that scene is my favorite. That's awesome. The next time I yeah. watch it, I have to <laughs> Yeah, right. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. I got to make sure I put that in the bookmarks for next time I watch Miracle. Yeah, my grandma was like on the back porch like filming. My dad's like super embarrassed about it. She's oh, like, that's this awesome. Is crazy. Yeah. All righty. What musical artist is greatly overrated? Overrated? Oh my gosh, that's tough. I got to say Justin Bieber. I'm going to get some heat for that, but. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I think you would got more heat like five years ago, but I think he's starting to fall off a little bit. Yeah, he's like not making as much music. Yeah, is it true that your brother has better hair than you do? Yeah, oh yeah, Dyson. He was rocking a mullet this weekend, and all my teammates are always looking for updates on it. They're like, "Is he gonna get it like trimmed up a little bit, or is he gonna color it?" And he went with like the bright red dye for the national championship game and everybody was loving it. So yes, he definitely has better hair. So he's rocking the mullet. Okay. So from, from a sister perspective, does he look good with a mullet or does he look, he look kind of foolish? He rocks it. He's got the personality for it for sure. Are, mul- very... are mullets like a full comeback or is that just like a couple different sports I've seen them in? I think it's a full comeback. Like, a lot of people are doing them just for, like, style, not even necessarily sports. Like, he's had it for a few months, and he, like, does it because he likes the way it looks. He looks excited. He looks fine. And my mom thinks it's funny, so can't be that bad. I think if you had told me f- even two years ago that the mu- word mullet and in style would be in the same sentence ever again, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. We're going to have everybody wearing denim jean jackets soon, too. Yes. <laughs> Those are definitely coming back. As long as the rat tail does not come back. Yeah, that's one that just needs to be back that, forever. That, that one was awesome. <laughs> the fact that these have ever been a thing is still just blows my mind. <laughs> now, that, um, something that has been a thing for some time now. Uh, Delaney, you've been out there at Wisconsin. You, you're you know, getting into the later stages of your college hockey career there, but you guys have been at the top of the game for the last couple of years, just this past weekend, obviously, winning a national championship with the Badgers. When you get, got into that program, what were the expectations and how did it kind of feel reaching those yet again here this past weekend? I guess the expectations coming in are always high. You know, the best players in the country and in Canada and all over the world come to play here. And most girls growing up playing youth hockey want to come to Wisconsin because it, it is the best of the best. And just kind of the expectations that you're going to be playing with super high-skilled, high-speed, strong players every single day at practice and then both in games too and so it's kind of like there's no way you can come here and not get better because like you have competition every single day and so those expectations are just kind of carried into our season and just the way we're like we play under coach Johnson it's just there's always these high expectations we're going to be gritty we're going to be fast skilled players so like skilled teams every single year I've been here we've always had a skilled team no matter what because we do have some of the best players so I guess that's the only really result you can look for is just try to win (laughs) well you guys got that obviously uh saturday night fairly late in the the night uh with that that two to one overtime win over northeastern talk about the end of that game and and how does the team celebrate after a game like that nowadays 
we were just talking earlier about this that it's, I don't know if it's because of the whole like COVID year because last year we weren't really able to go try to win another one like this one was just you can't even control your emotions like there's girls getting post-game interviews and they're like I seriously don't know what to say because there's not many things that can describe it and I know that's super cliche but it's so true like we're all screaming jumping around in the locker room because like we don't really know what else to do and so yeah the energy was just like overwhelming and super exciting do you feel like it's just the end of all of the you know the testing weekly the testing daily the the bubbles do you feel like it's just a culmination of all of that and then you won the game on top of that yeah definitely like Coach said we practiced, we had 50 practices before we were allowed to play in a game this fall. And so it was just like constant battling and you're practicing against the same people every day. And we were just so excited to even have a season this year that being able to win it all just made it even sweeter. I mean, you mentioned, you know, just being grateful to have a season. I kind of want to talk about from the college perspective, we've talked to a lot of high school athletes in the area who, you know, right now we're in the middle of basketball districts. And at this time last year, they like halftime of a basketball game, they were done playing, basically. You guys obviously making runs to the national title each of the last three years and then having that taken away last year. What was that like from, um, you know, a college athlete's perspective and kind of having, like, a, like you said, a two-year buildup to getting back to this spot that you had on Saturday? Yeah, last year we were super ready, and I think everything happened so suddenly that it didn't even really sink in until I'd say, like, two months after. And we were all at home with our families and, we were kind of like just still in shock that we never even got to finish our season because we've never even heard of anything like this happening before. And we just kind of thought we either were going to win a game or lose a game and that would be it. Yeah, it was heartbreaking, but I'm really happy we were able to have a season this year. We did not, for a while, we did not think we were going to get a season. We thought it was going to be two years of just waiting and waiting and waiting, but super happy we finally got to play. Now I want to talk about the the opportunity that the, the NCAA has given athletes from last year since everything was taken away. I know that you are, you know, like I said, you're, you're towards the end of your college career, but they're offering at least another year of eligibility. Is that something that you are taking advantage of, people on your team are, the team itself is? How is that kind of uh, the prospect of looking at that for, from your view? I mean, I know a few friends from other schools aren't taking the option. Just I'm not sure if that's something that has to do with their coaching staff and recruiting classes coming in and I can't quite say officially that I'm coming back or who on my team is coming back but I know we all love to be here we all love Wisconsin and I'm sure playing in another like another year here would be a dream so yeah we're very fortunate to have that opportunity again does coach Johnson make uh watching miracle a requirement or 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 do you just feel the do you just feel the need that you pretty much have to come come to Wisconsin having seen that because your coach is one of the members. <laughs> Honestly, something super surprising is I don't think coach has ever even seen the movie. Oh. I seriously don't think he sat down and ever watched it. Because we, my, like last year when we were in, I think we were in Minnesota Duluth playing an away weekend and it was the 50th anniversary or something like that and our 40th anniversary and he sat down and like allowed us to like ask him questions about it because he never really openly talks about any of that stuff ever. And so, yeah, we asked him a bunch of questions, just kind of like, is everything true? Is everything fake? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's, no, it's not. Like, what actually happened? 
And yeah, it was crazy to hear his side of the story, but I think all of us are just growing up, like everyone's seen Miracle. Like, it's probably one of the best talking movies of all time. So yeah, it's definitely weird, like thinking like he was the actual, actually there, actually experienced it. And yeah, it's crazy, but super cool to be able to pick his brain last year about that stuff. You, you should just, uh, the whole team should just have, hold him hostage one day and on a bus trip somewhere to say, we're watching the movie and you have to tell us in every scene, is this accurate or not? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, we would ask him um, questions just about, like, her books and kind of what he was like and, like, is the movie a good depiction or whatnot? And he just kind of would beat around the bush, sort of. <laughs> like, he would just kind of avoid questions. Some of them, he obviously didn't want to answer. We're like, all right, we'll just. We'll See, one of, the questions, one of the questions I would like to ask him is, you know, and I'm sure, I guess it would be interesting for you is like, has he, what, what type of coaching stuff has he taken for you guys from somebody like Herb Brooks? That's something interesting. I'd be like, well, what do you use that you learned? Because it can't be the same, but I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, I'm sure there's definitely a lot. I mean, he's one of the best coaches of all time, arguably. So I'd be interested to hear. I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of hockey lore just with obviously your coach, but you coming from a hockey family as well what has it been like kind of growing up in that scene and um you know kind of making your own waves on the on the women's side of hockey it's been awesome i mean growing up watching my dad play was i was very fortunate to have that experience and kind of pick his brain whenever i wanted to growing up about playing like playing style and questions i had about the game and he always had so much feedback and there were times where it was hard because i don't know because i am a girl like i played different style hockey than him obviously but yeah, my older brother played too, and it was obviously fun getting to grow up with him and learn everything we could from my dad, so it was awesome. I do have to ask, where did you grow up playing in northern Michigan? Because I don't know if there are any high schools that offer women's hockey. So I played boys hockey until, I want to say, my Banamay year. I switched over to the girls' side and was playing travel hockey with Pittsburgh Selects, which is just like Pittsburgh Elite. They play out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Maddie Mills was on that team, too. She used to live here in northern Michigan. She goes to Cornell now, but yeah, and so after that, I kind of went out to prep school in Vermont and went to an all-girls school there where I had the ability to play girls hockey and travel a bunch and play against really high-caliber teams in AAA hockey, which was kind of something I had to do. Looking back now, if I could have, I would have stayed and played probably for the, um, the reps, Traverse City team, so okay. would they have allowed? Yeah. Would they have allowed that? Yeah, Dakota oh, yeah. there played for them too. She go, she went to Syracuse, but yeah, she played for them all four years. I want to say. But yeah, not much girls hockey as far as high school goes around Traverse City area. Yeah, not a lot at all. And, and you went back and forth between the the prep school and Leland, and then played soccer even. Yeah, for- so I would just go to it's called Naha. That was the prep school. I would go there for mm-hmm. just the hockey season basically and then I come back to school at Leland and I was able to play soccer which was super fun very happy I got to do that just to kind of have a sport that was simply just for fun (laughs) so yeah the MHSAA stepped in right yeah that one year one year I wasn't able to play which was horrible but I was able to play my senior year which was awesome Kind of just interested, how does, how does that affect, like, how you made friends in high school? Like, do you have pet friends out in, where you went to prep school and a little bit of both? Yeah, I have super close friends at both schools. So, at Naha, we would all live together. It was just 40 girls in one dorm. So, you get pretty close, obviously, when you're with, to get with each other every single day. And then, at Leland, it's a tiny, tiny school. And so, yeah, you know everyone. Everyone 
knows you and supports you. I still have friends that I talk to from home, which is awesome always. Now, one of the things I read the statistic, and I know this is a, I've kind of brought this up with the guys before the podcast, but when it comes to women's hockey, you know, if you if you take it seriously from a very young age, you have a pretty a pretty good chance of being able to play in college. Obviously, not everybody has a chance to play at a school like Wisconsin, but what what about the path that uh, you know women's hockey ta- players take has you know makes it difficult to get there, but also um, why there's the opportunity there because, and like you said, there's not that many opportunity for hockey to be played in general for women. I mean, besides Minnesota high school girls hockey really isn't a competitive thing or something, a path that you can take in order to get to a high college level, I guess I'd say. I mean, I know there's lots of girls now playing in high school, which is awesome, but kind of my time growing up, that wasn't really a thing. And so in order to play college hockey, it kind of had to go away to school. And that's what sadly most girls have to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see it's kind of growing now. I see a lot more high school hitting teams, which is awesome. And it's super exciting. But yeah, I think prep school is still kind of that next level next step up as far as competitive teams go now yeah. just re- just real quick when it comes like you you obviously knew what type of route you had to take um to do that and having like your father as a hockey player i mean was this something that you guys knew from a very young age like oh dad plays hockey i'm gonna play hockey i want to play college hockey or is it like oh you kind of like fell into it and you're like i love this and i'm doing it anyways um i don't know if i'd say i fell into it i mean i like idolized my dad growing up and yeah, I, I don't know if I'd say, like, fell into it. I just think, like, ever since I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to play hockey. Like, my dad plays hockey, I play hockey. And so I just kind of fell in love, with, in love with it from there, I guess I'd say. Like, I don't think it was forced at all. It's just, like, always, like, I'm going to be a hockey player. And there was no other question about it. So how much are you going to lord it over your dad that you have two national championships and he has one? I haven't really talked to him much about it, but I'm definitely going to start bringing it up more. I mean, he's got a big one on me. Like he won a Stanley Cup, so I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll ever get that one. You're, you're even in two rings, though. You can walk around the house. Yes, with- and my <laughs> national championship or my ring is bigger than his, way bigger than his. So, Ooh, yeah, that's I'll definitely hold that over his head. <laughs> so is the is the Drake household gonna get a ring case now? You get have two national championships <laughs> and one Stanley Cup ring in it. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> just just what for you i mean it, it say you know you you could have another year of eligibility and then obviously there, there's other ways to go but what is your next step when it comes to leaving wisconsin is it is it olympic teams is it, is it other ranks what, what are you looking at um to further your professional career as a women's hockey player i mean olympics is the best of the best but i guess if the national team and whatnot doesn't really work out i'll probably look to play in the pwhpa which is kind of a growing partnership right now with most of the national team players and just kind of elite women's hockey players in the country goes and so they've been growing last year was their first year and this year they're growing even more I think they're playing in St. Louis next they just got a partnership with the Blues which is awesome they played um, at Madison Square Garden recently which was crazy cool yeah so I just have a bunch of teammates and friends that play in that league and I think it's a really good thing to do as far as growing women's hockey and growing a sustainable professional league for women's hockey how do they differ from the nwhl the pwhpa basically just has i want to say four or five kind of base teams so there's a team in minnesota there's like a team in i want to say montreal and so they kind of just will play so like a say they're playing at st louis like at the st louis blues arena two teams will kind of meet up 
and play there. Whereas like with the NWHL, it's more of like okay, the a club, Times. like a club, like a team, like a club. Yeah. And so like you have like, I want to say Boston Pride is a team and they're playing their playoffs. Uh, I want to say in a few weeks, they got canceled. They got shut down last time they tried to play in the playoffs. And they got shut down. But yeah, so it's more so like, it's hard to explain, I guess. It's like a barnstorming <laughs> model. Boy. Yes, kind of. They're kind of like a structured they have structured practices and coaches and whatnot, but they don't really have like full on sponsors. Like they're all PWHPA teams, not necessarily like separate organizations. There's not like a corporate structure behind them. Yes. Okay. 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 Who in your family is the worst at dealing with the media? My dad. <laughs> Probably my dad. He yeah. just hates talking about himself, really, for sure. What, like, he what is your mom though? Yeah, my mom does too. Yeah. She doesn't like talking to us very much. Yeah, I guess she doesn't like talking very much either, I guess. Yeah, she doesn't dislike us. She just doesn't. I think she just doesn't. That's what she says. She, no, she tells us all the time. Like, when we go to the games and we talk to her, she's perfectly. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's chatty, but, like, she won't call in scores. She makes her JV coaches do it. She's like, I don't want to talk to you guys if I don't have to. <laughs> I don't think it's like that. I just think she's probably got a lot of other stuff she got to do. Yeah, I'd say she's probably not as bad as dad. My dad's more of like, I don't know. He just hates talking about himself, and he's not as good at talking as my mom's like that. And I think because I don't know that his name has come up in the whole interview. If people don't know that her dad is Dallas Drake. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I guess we did just assume this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom's the hot shot in town now. So Exactly, yeah. She's the one with the name recognition. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, Okay, so I got one other weird question. Your dog, Waylon, has its own Instagram page. Yes, he does. Like that. He's too much of a model not to. He always is just doing, like, ridiculous things that I have to capture. So, yeah, he definitely has earned his right to his own Instagram. What, what kind of dog okay. is he? So, he, we, my boyfriend and I rescued him from, like, a shelter nearby, and he's a boxer. They said he was a Mastiff mix, but I don't think he is. We think he's, people have been saying they see, like, Rhodesian Ridgeback in him a little bit. And so, yeah, he's a little bit of everything, we think, but mostly boxer, I'd say. And I think we kind of already addressed this, so we may just cut it out altogether. Is why your parents call your little brother Joe Dirt. I'm pretty sure it's because of the mullet now, right? It is definitely because of the mullet. You can can ask my mom. She'll definitely (laughs) give you guys a picture. (laughs) Just a flaming red mullet. Dyson would talk all day about it. You guys can do a little interview on why the mullet's coming back and what makes it so cool. Because he will talk about it all day. I've found. Well, James, you're you're like three quarters the way to a mullet. I'm working on it. That's not. I haven't had my hair cut for a long time. A (laughs) non-intentional mullet is the best way to get about it. You just wake up one day and you have a mullet. Yeah, that's true. All righty. Well, Delaney, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day after winning a national championship for the second time with Wisconsin to chat with us here in your hometown at the Get Around Podcast. Thank you so much, and we wish you the best of luck in the rest of your time at Wisconsin. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Another huge thank you to Delaney for joining us here at the Get Around I love spreading, like, our wings and flying a little bit more, you know. Um, Bringing in somebody like a national champion is always good for our local athletes, local coaches to kind of hear what it's been like and what it takes. And it's very interesting to hear from, you know, a a female hockey player who's made it big time. I read this stat recently, and it's, it's something cool, is that if you are very serious in women's hockey, about one in four can get a scholarship to play. So it is the highest probability of any sport 
for college scholarships, um, if you play women's hockey throughout your youth and you're good enough, one in four girls who try get full-ride scholarships to play um, Division One hockey. So definitely something to uh, keep your eye out for if you're a local athlete or if you're looking for you know a way to get into college and play sports. Um, thank you so much again, Delaney. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. That's going to put us into our Chatter That Matters section, and we had a lot of stuff go on last week. While Districts is extremely busy this week, we were extremely busy last week. We had wrestling team districts. We had hockey regionals go off. We had bowling regionals go off. We had a lot of really good stuff come out. We're going to start off with that hockey. I think we were a little bit surprised at uh, the Bay Reps bowing out when they did, but we have Traverse City Central for the first time in school history with back-to-back regional titles in hockey. James, you got to talk to Chris Givens on Saturday. What was the emotion like for the Trojans after that? Yeah, he was pretty excited. I mean, being that it was the first time that they've they've done that back to back. I mean, you know, the, you know the success that Traverse City Central Hockey has had. So any time that they do anything for the first time in program history is uh, is is pretty noteworthy. Um, and a milestone like that, he he seemed to be pretty pretty proud of that accomplishment. I mean, you know, a lot of times that when Chris Givens calls in a hockey score, if there is a milestone like that, he doesn't bring it up half the time. Like if it's his hundredth or three hundredth or you know whatever he's not going to bring it up but he brought this one up so i mean you know it 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 was something that meant something to him yeah i mean that group of guys has uh been something pretty special we just had them on last week so congratulations to our new friends of the podcast uh will dawson and ethan vanderroost they went ahead and took care of business last week i mean it it was no easy task they had to go through petoskey and then saturday they go ahead and get that what was it a 3-1 victory four to three Ah, four to three. So eked it out by one goal, but they are moving on. They talked about wanting that game against Marquette, and that is going to happen Tuesday. So tomorrow, Traverse City yeah. Central is going to get that revenge game against Marquette here in the state quarterfinals. Do we think they have what it takes to take them over? And some and some credit to Petoskey for making that a heck of a game too. I mean, they needed a late goal with like just a little over two minutes to go to win that game. Petoskey turned it up here at the end of the season. As I said, they beat West, and they were they were ready to rock and roll here at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that Traverse City Central Marquette game on Tuesday is going to be a pretty good one. They're both ranked in the top ten, um, so that's a another kind of marquee matchup game. Now they played over at Gaylord. I mean, a couple other things that we got to go through. Uh, team wrestling went through last week. I know Andrew, you uh, you had a chance to stop over there, got to see some of the wrestlers in action. But we had three district champion teams this year. Traverse City Central fell in the Division One district but we had Gaylord in division two working their way through and getting yet another district title we had Kingsley they got a district title nobody faced them for it but uh Kingsley you know they had their district opponents drop out of the tournament so Kingsley was awarded district final or they were in a district anyway yeah they were anyways but they uh they were awarded district title but this is covid thing it was just the fact that none of the other teams that district had enough wrestlers that they were going to give Kingsley a a match, so everybody just decided, we'll just, you just have that. <laughs> We're not going to waste our time, or who knows, that you're going to win, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, Kingsley, Kingsley moves into that regional round, and then the surprise, I think, of last week's districts is Boyne City winning the second district title in school history over the Lake Michigan Conference foe and champions Grayling. James, did that surprise you at all? A little bit, yeah. I mean, it was it was their only their second one. Uh, the last time that they won was 2015, and they beat who? Kingsley 
to win that one, which was the first one that they ever won. But this time around, I mean, not only did they win this district, they won it convincingly. I mean, they beat Sheboygan, who Sheboygan is usually a solid wrestling team. Uh, they beat them 54 to 6. And then they beat Grayling 48 to 24. Um, so they didn't lose a match all day. All the points that the other teams got were forfeits. Well, that's so, a, that says something. Yeah. They had eight wrestlers go 2-0 and on the day, and two more who were only 1-0 because uh, the other teams didn't have a match for them in the other match. Oh, well, Yeah, so, I mean, Boyne City, that's a... Uh, we're going to talk about... Actually, I guess we got to kind of roll into it. Boyne City had a good weekend in regionals, or that's district, but the Boyne City girls bowling team also qualified for states um, after a good performance in regionals, um, along with Traverse City Christians, boys and girls teams both qualifying for states. We had a couple of really good individual performances out there as well, James. I know that you saw some of that last weekend. Yeah, we'll have one of those coming up for our uh, our Hall of Fame, so uh, keep that in mind there. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Traverse City West um, had the boys on Friday because they did all the boys regionals on Friday and all the girls on Saturday. So they did individuals and team on the same day and split up the boys and girls to, I'm going to guess, minimize intermingling teams for, for contact tracing and, and all that. But uh, on Friday, Trevor City West, Jeremy Decker rolled a 300 game um, while he uh, won the regional. Then, But West only took fifth as a team, so they did not qualify for the finals. Central was 10th. And then we did get Trevor City Christian through um, on the boys' side, um, with Hunter Haldeman, who's uh, the division, the defending Division Four state champion, um, he had another good day. He had three games of over two hundred out of four that they rolled for the day. Man, I always think, man, that would be. I feel like, do you think a three hundred game is like a hole in one in golf, or it's got to probably feel even better because, like, that's like a whole, that's like a whole, whole grind, right? Yeah, I mean, a hole-in-one seems like it would be, the euphoria, at least, of it would be pretty instantaneous and then last for a little bit. But, you know, a whole bowling game, you got to be feeling it for the whole game. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, that, I, that's got to be some, like, teeth-gritting, stress-inducing, stress like, competition with yourself. We'll have to ask uh, Jeremy Decker here, um, hopefully after he wins a state title. But um, I mean, you're, you're talking 12 perfect stroke throws in a yeah, yeah. Then that's that's like the hot hand. That's like that's putting some pressure on yourself. You get to that final frame, you gotta do three in a row. You're just like, oh boy. All it takes is one I pin. Down twelve putts in a row. Yeah, I think twelve one putts. Good luck. That hasn't happened ever. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to all those guys. Oh well, I mean a couple other people. You said um West had a couple of girls qualify as well. Yes. On Saturday we had um some more girls go as well i mean yeah so yeah so west had taylor phillips and jordan lafleur on the girls side qualify is there anybody else that we saw individually yeah they qualified individually uh traverse city christian qualified as a as a team yeah and boyne city's girls um did it pretty there's just a i don't know how you would call it i guess they just did it at the last second they needed a huge game in the last game they needed to pass two teams who they were behind both of them by almost 100 pins going into the last game and they outrolled both of them by 100 pins and slipped into the second spot in the regional to to move on to the state finals. So those are our district regional champions from last week. Yeah, so, I mean, this goes quickly now. We're, we're here. We see Traverse City Central play Marquette 
tomorrow, and then by the time we're here next week, we could be talking about you know a potential state state finals run. So uh, keep a lookout, like I said, in our newspaper online. Yeah, so make sure that you uh, stay up on our socials. Uh, once again, at jcatnip, at jamesfook14, at by Andrew R, and at tcre sports. Just about everywhere you can find us. That's going to put us into the Hall of Fame. We induct one more person into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. We got three new nominees. James, we just talked about one that I think is going to be yours. So let's go ahead and put you um, on the spot first. Uh, I, I'm going to put up Traverse City West, Jeremy Decker. I mean, rolling a 300 game in regionals is just something that's crazy. I mean, we saw Blade Cowdflesh almost do it last year. I think he got a 290 in regionals, which basically just means that he just didn't get the one last one. At, or 299, I think is what he got. Which means he just got nine pins on the last shot. Or was it like but 293 or something like that? Like the only strike, the only the only ball that he didn't get everything was the very last one. Um, there's a couple of scores like that where that's the only way it can happen is that's the only way you can get to that one. I mean, just to roll a, a 300, he had a 919 series for the day, won the individual regional title by 54 pins, and is headed to the state finals along with uh, Trevor City Christian. We said Boyne girls some TC West girls and stuff. So pretty hard contingent going to the uh, state finals. Andrew, I know uh, we got somebody else moving along in the state tournament. Who do you got? You know, I made it out to that central uh, Midland district final for wrestling. And I'm going to go with Jesus Montelongo. He is a wrestler there at the, I think it was the 145 or 150 something weight class. Um, anyways, he took his guy to Midland to the very last second. Midland almost got a takedown, but the rest, you know, they went to, the, they went at mid court or mid mat, whatever you want to call. It. They went to the center of the mat and they debated over what, you know, what is was this a takedown? Did he get the hands on the mat? Was this the right technicalities of it? And they said no, and Jesus won the match. So he went two and zero on the day because of that. And then my nominee is going to be Cadillac's Molly Anderson, our Player of the Year for the Record Eagle last year. Reached her 1,000th career point in a game against Manton last week. Scored 11 in the game. Ended up over 1,000. We know those milestones are awesome. I know last week we had a few people with some big milestones get put in. So I always like to put them up. Let's put it up for a vote. I'm going to go first. I'm, I'm voting for Jeremy Decker. I was just thinking about how much that uh, that perfect game has to be stressful. And a regional championship, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, that's the, the best that you can do in you know, the, the very beginning of the playoffs, which has got to be huge. I think there's almost as much pressure in the regionals for, for bowling as there is in the finals because your whole team is there. And a lot of times when you're going to the finals, it's just a few teams or you know, individual from your team and stuff. But everybody's there watching you at regionals. So I think there's almost even more pressure that way. Are we make it unanimous? Yeah, sure. So congratulations to Traverse City West Jr., Jeremy Decker, the bowler who is on his way to the state tournament for rolling a 300 and winning a regional championship you are the latest inductee into the get around hall of fame the most exclusive club in northern michigan that's sponsored by jimmy john's with two locations in traverse city order tasty sandwich today with the jimmy john's app last segment gentlemen and it is our trifecta and i said this in the office a couple weeks ago but it's only came much 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 more obvious what happened to the big 10 in the basketball tournament this year i you know, we had two one seeds with Illinois and Michigan, two two seeds in Ohio State and Iowa, and then a bunch of other teams that got in. We have, as of today, 
before as this podcast is being recorded, Michigan will start here shortly, and then we have Maryland still in the tournament. But what happened to the Big Ten? I I mean, is you there know, an answer? You know, to quote Jake Gatnip in the office, I'm there could legitimately be a Big Ten Big Ten Final Four, let alone national championship. I mean, what? You you did say that? No, I didn't. You did. Not that I remember. What I remember saying to Brian was that I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't show up at all because the fact that we, Illinois was a one seed with six losses against teams in the Big Ten that sucked made yeah. no sense to me. They go, oh, Illinois has all the quad one wins, which was against all the Big Ten teams, and we, we do this all the time. They say, oh, Big Ten is like the best basketball conference, right? Yeah, but we haven't – all we do is beat up on each other in the middle of the season. There wasn't even non-conference games this year. How are we going to know? Yeah, I think they got a lot in on the – on reputation and just people seeing what they had, had seen. This happens with the Big Ten quite a bit, as we've seen, where they get a lot of teams in. But as long as you get one or two of those teams into the Final Four, at the end of the at the end of the tournament, people are going to forget that. Um, if nobody makes it to the Final Four, I don't think it's going to... Uh, then I think people are really going to say, what happened to the Big Ten? Otherwise, it's just going to be the talking point of the week, I think. But... I imagine you got to be mad because now you got to root for Michigan. Oh no, no! Either, I want the, Michigan to lose. You're, you're being forced to either root for the against the Big Ten or the for Michigan. I, I'm 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 rooting against the Big Ten actively <laughs> at this point. Uh, actively against you're the Big Ten. Mason, so I, I I get your pain. I the thing for me, you can't. You you say it'd be gone in a week. You have to take a really big look at this, dude. We had once again we had a one seed and two two seeds. Like we had a two seed lose to a fifteen again, right? And then Iowa just got smacked by Oregon today by, like, 15 points. Absolutely smacked. It's who's supposed to be the player of the year. and With Lucas Garza putting up a solid game, too. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, just, okay. Illinois lose to Loyola Chicago. I mean, I'm sitting here like there, there's a big issue. Yeah, but I think I still think you get to the if, – if Michigan gets to the Final Four or – Maryland or anybody from the Big Ten gets to the Final Four, at the end of the tournament, nobody's talking about that. Not nearly as much. If, if your conference gets represented in the Final Four, I think that stuff's going to kind of go away. But Illinois, man, Cam Crumwick or Crumwick. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? That kid, Farva. He's Farva from Super Troopers. Uh, I, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, he is. That's funny. That's funny. He's got some yeah. hands, though. He's, he's like a college version of Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he gave Illinois a speeding ticket and demanded his food not be spit in and then left with the win. Yeah, demanded his food not be spit in. I don't know. I just don't think uh, – I, I think the Big Ten was highly overrated this year. And I hate to be like this, but when I was sitting there and I, I knew our Michigan State team wasn't anything super special by, you know, January 1st. And we were beating these teams in the Big Ten. And then, I mean, I always had the thought, I'm like, this is just me. I'm an anti-Michigan guy. I'm like, well, Michigan was ranked number two with one loss for a, l- a large chunk of the season. And then they lost like four games in six days at the end of the year. And I'm just like, yeah, this sounds about right. I don't think the Big Ten's that good. Michigan is a bit better than everybody else in the Big Ten with a seven-footer. Like the Iowa, that's what I'm saying. Iowa, Illinois, and Michigan just have a seven-foot-plus dude who's a mismatch. And when they play teams that don't have a seven-foot-plus dude, it's pretty easy for them to do something, right? Yeah. Like, they have Jacob Mueller in the Lake Michigan Conference. <laughs> right. <clears throat> now, now, I guess we'll put it this way. Do uh, You know my answer is no, but do we see Michigan salvaging this tournament for the Big Ten and making it into the, t- uh, the Final Four? 
I could totally see them getting to the final four. I mean, you've seen what they did during the season in stretches. I mean, they were just completely dominant at times. And then they had a week and a half there or whatever where it seemed totally pedestrian. So if they can put together what they did at the beginning of the year back together, I could totally see them getting to the final four. Um, If they let Isaiah Livers not be in there, get into their heads, I can see him losing the next round. So, yeah, I uh, I don't give Michigan much of a shot without Isaiah Livers. You brought it up, James. That's why I think they're they're going to be able to get past these lower seeded teams. But once they run into, you know, somebody a little bit a little bit tougher down the road here, it's going to be uh, tough shooting. So that is going to do it for episode 168 of the Get Around Podcast. It has been a pleasure as always. Don't forget to like, share, retweet, comment for a chance to win some free Jimmy John's subs. And speaking of, we have our winner from last week, Traverse City's Julie Zrimic. Probably said that wrong, but we will be getting in contact with you. Check your DMs so we can get those two free subs sent out your way. Remember, you can be the winner if you like, share, comment, retweet, interact with this podcast for next week. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you for episode 169 in about seven days.